we just really are strongly believing that God has changed our life. And nobody makes fun of people at a football game doing that. And they do that for people who don't even know your name. And yet we worship an almighty God who has loved us to the depths and changed everything. So that's kind of why we do all that stuff and uh, hang out a little, just hang out a while. And pretty soon it'll start in your foot and you'll start tapping. And pretty soon you start getting into it. Maybe your hand raised like this, a half mass. And then pretty soon it's a fist up. You know what I'm saying? Like get excited about what God's doing. But I'm glad you're here. Yesterday was amazing. We had a financial conference here with the one and only Chris Hogan. And he just, man, he killed it. He did an amazing job. We didn't charge for the conference at all. This is our gift to the community and to you, our first financial conference ever. And so we gave that. The place was packed out. And we we taught a bunch of people how to to budget, which that's not a cuss word. (laughs) It doesn't mean that you can't do things. It means that you do things intentionally. And then we taught people how to get out of debt and Some of you are like, man, I missed it, or that wasn't enough for me. What do I do? Well, small groups begin February the 4th. You thought it was Super Bowl Sunday? No, it's small group Sunday. We're launching small groups, and there'll be hundreds to choose from, and groups are just small, and they gather for any reason, but one of them will be financial peace. My wife and I started going through that about 10 years ago, and it's changed how we view money, changed how we view everything, budgeting and living within your means and all of that great stuff. So we want to help you however we can. Now, I believe with all my heart that many of us are going to jump in small groups for the first time this semester, and you do so for 13 weeks. Listen, you're not stuck till Jesus comes back in a group. It's 13 weeks a semester. You build some great friends. You learn some great information, and you're doing life with people going the same way as you. So I want to encourage you, fill out this card that was on your chair. If you'd like to lead a small group, today is the last day to sign up to lead one, and you can gather for almost any reason. You can gather for small groups in basketball courts and and coffee shops and homes and worship and prayer and dog walking. I mean, you're just, it's anything that you're already doing, and we we teach you how to do that, turn that into ministry to reach your friends. All right, sound good, everybody? All right, grab your notes out. Welcome to part three of a series entitled Refresh. Everybody shout, Refresh. Refresh. This is a series we began two weeks ago, and I want to read a verse that really is a life verse for a lot of people. It's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. In other words, don't give them a little bit. Give them all of your heart this year in 2018. Don't lean to your own understanding. Like a lot of us have tried to go through years leaning on our own understanding, trying to figure it out, and that year never goes well. So let's give it to God in all of our ways. Submit to God. And here's the promise, everybody. He will make your paths straight. How many think you could use a little more direction in 2018? Raise your hand. All right, so we want to help you. God's Word wants to help you. And I believe through this, this Refresh series, we can give you some great advice. Now, this message today is kind of a, it's a special message because I feel like it's a message for the whole year. It's a message for the church about what God wants to do in us. We started the church 15 years ago, and we were 13 years portable. You're like, what does that even mean? It means we would go into, like, school cafetoriums and set up church. That's not even a word. A cafetorium? What is that? It's a cafeteria with a stage. We'd roll in. We'd set up church, put speakers up, put chairs up. We'd roll into that cafeteria, and it would smell like gym socks and tater tots. You know what I'm saying, everybody? (laughs) That nasty box of lost and found clothes that every cafeteria has, and it doesn't matter which school it is or which kids it is, it all smells the same. Anyway. I digress a little bit, but we would set up, tear down, set up, tear down, and the city had us moving every year, so we're portable, moving around. And about 10 years ago, get this, 10 years ago, we began to save money for a building, and we entitled on the front part of this pamphlet, it said, Imagine a Place, because we didn't have a place to go walk or ground that we bought or a building. We literally had to use our imagination and think about maybe God has a place for us to go home. And so 10 years ago, we began to pray about that think about that and give towards that. And it's amazing because I didn't, I, we didn't see it back then, but we saw it back then. And I didn't know that that place would be this place. It's interesting because over the years, we've had several people give us a word of encouragement with a verse I'm getting ready to read to you. And this is the verse that we put onto that brochure called Imagine a Place. 
The most recent was in Nicaragua. I was speaking at a large crusade there, and a man came to me that I just met. He came up to me and he gave me this verse. He says, I feel like the Lord is saying this over you and your church. Never met before. And he just, he's like, give me this verse, but in Spanish. He's like, and I'm like, I, I, what is he saying? So when an interpreter comes over and he interprets, he's like, he's telling you Isaiah 54, 2 and 3. And I began to weep because he had no idea that God has spoken this same verse into my heart for our church as well. Here's what it says. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. You shall expand to the right and to the left. And your descendants will inherit the nations and make desolate cities inhabited. I feel like this is a verse for us as a church for the year. And I remember us moving from the school cafetoriums, moving into the community center. Come on, wave at me if you were with us back in the community center. It's about a mile down the road. And we walk into that building the first time. I was like, this place is massive. So big. We came in with two services. And then went to three. People kept showing up. So we added a fourth one. People kept coming. We added a fifth one. And I remember how big it felt when we entered there. And how small it felt when we left. Okay, show of hands, how many were here in this place when we moved into this building March 6th, 2016? Come on, make some noise if you were on that day. It's a day I'll never forget. So exciting. And I remember just walking around like, this place is huge, 43,000 square feet. Like, what? We came in with three services. We went to four. People kept showing up. And we went to five. And it's amazing now how small this building feels. It's interesting to think about the prayer of Jabez because he's a guy in the Bible who his name literally meant pain. So when his mom would call him, he'd say, pain, get in here. Pain, clean your room. Pain, get off your Nintendo. His name meant pain. And he prayed a prayer that God heard and listened to. 1 Chronicles 4.10 says, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel and said, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Like, bless me like crazy. It's not bad to pray that God blesses you as long as you know the blessing is not just to remain in you and with you. That we are blessed to be a blessing. God wants to bless us to bless others. And then he says, enlarge my territory. He's speaking of influence. And you cannot enlarge your territory without being blessed. Enlarging your territory, having influence, is a result of being blessed. Bless me, enlarge my territory, let your hand be with me, watch this, and keep me from harm so that I may be free from what? He said, I want to be free from the very label that has been over my life, my entire life. Here's the good news. God granted him his request. We've been praying for influence, praying that God would give us greater grace and greater reach. And God wants to extend our reach. And in our text, it says several key things, and it's a great picture. Because he says, I want you to extend the place of your tent. Like, I want you to extend that. Show of hands, how many have ever been camping before? Any campers in the room? <clears throat> I'm not that guy. We've been camping about five times in my life. My wife and I, a little snooty when it comes to camping. We don't like camping, we like glamping. Come on, somebody. What? <laughs> what is glamping? It means I don't want to sleep on the floor with the rocks under my back and all uncomfortable. Give me an air mattress for the glory of God. Give me a microwave with a generator. I need some of that stuff. So anyway, when we first go camping, you get a, if you use a tent that you use often or you borrow one like we did because we don't have our own, you open up the back, the tent never has all the tent pegs. I mean, you're just always looking around for them. But you get the tent out and you're looking at instructions like me and I'm like, we don't need instructions, I'm a man. I don't know how to do this, it's in my blood. So we put the tent out, we look around and we start, you know, stretching it out there and, and I'm telling you, it's interesting because we began to try and make room for us to inhabit something that was flat before. Now, my wife, she was pregnant, and she had, we had four girls, three pregnancies because we had twins. And it's interesting because when you're there, you're making room for something when a baby's coming. My wife went through a season called nesting, and she would turn around, and she'd, take, she'd go into the room where the baby's going to be. She'd get the cradle up. 
and uh, she get the walls up and everything else. She's, it's preparation. The baby wasn't even here yet. But she's already preparing. Why? Because you always prepare for what's coming, not for what's already here. There's a certain sense of preparation. Extend your tent. Like start making it bigger now. Before you see it, make it bigger now. And then it says stretch your curtains. That's the walls. Like make your walls bigger. Spare. And it says this, don't hold back. One translation says spare no expense. Why would you spare no expense? Because this is priority. Many times, it's interesting because when we get a heart to reach more people, we're like, man, let's build something greater. Let's build a bigger building. Let's maybe reach out somewhere else. And that's, we're not just satisfied with the people that God has sent already. There's still more hurting, broken people. There's a voice of the devil that comes alongside of you and says, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't get too crazy now. Like, like, like you, you've reached enough people. Just settle down. And we try to dream, which, by the way, don't miss next week because I'm going to talk to you about dreaming again. But many times we start to dream big dreams and thinking that God would use us to reach more people. And the devil comes alongside and whispers in your ears and says, settle down. No, 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 just settle down. I'm here to tell you sometimes you need to turn around and say, no, you settle down and resolve in your heart that God has called us to reach more people, to love more people, to befriend more people, to pastor more people, to care for more people, to train more people, to raise up more people so they can reach more people. Come on. Somebody say, extend my reach. Lengthen your cords, the text says, and strengthen your stakes. So we've been camping, right? And when we go camping, we're laying out the tent, and then we take those little, those little tiny cords, little white cords, and we take the spikes and we stretch that because as we stretch that, we're going further. And a lot of us in life don't like to be stretched. How many know that a rubber band never fulfills its purpose and design until it is stretched? None of us like to be stretched because that's not comfortable. Here's what I know for sure. God always stretches us before he uses us. Say that with me. God always stretches us before he uses us. Why? Because he's preparing you for something. And anybody, any trainer in here would tell you before you go to the gym and before you lift something heavy, you need to spend a little time stretching. Why are you stretching? You're stretching now so you don't pull something when you lift something later. Why would God give you something heavy now if you haven't stretched for it? Is this microphone on? Listen, what God wants to do in you in 2018 is going to be so big, so heavy, but he's going to require you to do some stretching. And I want to encourage you, start stretching now. Don't wait for the moment when he drops it in your lap. Stretch now so you're ready. You're prepared. You're getting ready for something that hasn't even come yet. God stretches us before he uses us. And there are a lot of frustrated people in the world, and they're begging God, use me more. And yet they refuse to be stretched. Why? Because stretching's uncomfortable. Nobody likes to stretch. Nobody likes to be stretched out of their comfort zone. It's not easy. It's not cozy. It's not convenient. But I have a strange feeling there's a few people in this room and listening online today that you are sick and tired of living life as usual. You're saying, God, use my life in a greater capacity this year, and I'm willing to be stretched so you can reach more people through me. Come on. Let's clap our hands and say a good amen. Having said that, nobody has ever been stretched more than Jesus. He was ripped for us. He was beaten for us. He went to the cross for us, and he stretched out his arms for us, and he said this, I love you this much. And it's so crazy. It's so amazing. Because here we have Jesus who had the vision to call the cross joy. The Bible says, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. In other words, he said this, I'm willing to endure the stretching if it will result in my expansion. He said, I'm willing to take this if it will get me that. Come on, somebody shout, stretch me, God. God wants to stretch you for what's coming your way. So he's telling us in a, in a version or a picture, a word form of a tent, like, hey, guys, stretch the stakes out. Stretch the walls out. Don't spare any expense. And then he says, strengthen your stakes. Interesting because stakes go into the ground. Stakes go into the ground, and you have to find the right ground. So if you have a tent, your little tiny ropes, you're looking around for some right, soft ground, and you, you're pounding this, this stake in the ground, and if it's not the right ground, if it's too hard, you lift it up and you just find some other ground. The ground can't be too soft either because it has to hold the expansion. It can't be too hard where you don't let it in. It's got to be soft but firm. Some of you are like, well, I don't want to be weak. Listen, with God, you can be soft and still be immovable. God's looking for something 
to drive a stake into some people's hearts to say, listen, this is my purpose. And what we're doing as a church in this season, the beginning of the church with the 21 days of prayer and fasting, we are strengthening our stakes. We're strengthening our leaders, strengthening the small groups, strengthening the dream team, strengthening all of you. We want to strengthen you because of what God's bringing our way. In Isaiah's text, he says, he's talking about a tent, but this is a large tent. Like this this is not some two-person tent from Big Five that you just got to get the little twine out and you're pounding those little plastic stakes. This is large. This is like huge stakes. You drive something in the ground. You're like, why, why is this so large? It looks like a javelin because it's supposed to hold something big. And then he says, I want you to get a rope. This is not the tiny ropes from your little tent from Big Five. This is huge ropes that would have already been in a place and now God's saying, lift up from where they are, and I want you to walk further. And as they're walking further, they're stretching, they're expanding, they're moving from where the stake used to be to where God wants it to be, because if they know, if they expand it on this end, the tent will be able to house more people over here. Are you getting this? Say yes. Yeah. Like God wants to use us to strengthen our stakes. I feel like the word for the year is this over the church? And I pray this every year. God, give me a word for the church. And one year it was great grace and great growth. And last year was a year of intentionality. I feel like the Lord is saying this over you today, that this will be a year of expansion. With all of my heart, I believe that God wants us to expand. Verse 3 says it this way. For you will spread out to the right and to the left, and you will settle in desolate cities. Interesting fact, we live in the Bay Area. How many cities are in the Bay Area? 101. You say, how do you know? Because I counted. <laughs> Let me ask you another question. Out of the 101 cities, how many cities have people who are empty and broken? Could it be? That God is raising us up for such a time as this to expand our influence, to extend our reach, to get to the place where we can inhabit cities and bring hope to the empty and healing to the broken and through the love of Jesus Christ, bring those who are far from God near to God so their life can be totally restored. Come on, somebody stretched for you. Somebody sacrificed for you. Somebody loved you. Somebody prayed for you. Now it's our time to get on the rope and pull to reach more people. Come on, clap your hands and say amen. It's our heart for 2018. God expand us. Because I don't just believe it's just for the church. I believe it's for you, where you can grow, where you can expand. By way of illustration, allow me to demonstrate this. We have some balloons on stage here, and we love balloons. You celebrate a lot of stuff with balloons, don't you? I mean, you go to a party, we got balloons. And I also have some empty balloons here, and this empty balloon, and I have a helium tank. Here's what I realized, that it does no good for the balloon to just be around the tank which I would also encourage you not to just be around the church or around God because the goal is never just to be around, it's to be filled with. <laughs> balloons are awesome. They're happy balloons. People come and they celebrate birthdays with balloons, but you've never seen anybody show up to a birthday party with a balloons like this and say, happy birthday. <laughs> No, like an inflated bouquet of balloons. You know what that says? Happy birthday! This, this just says birthday. <laughs> you were born. Big deal. You know, that's... So I have a balloon here, and if I put this on, and I begin to fill up the balloon with what's in the tank, I fill it up a little bit. I've never even seen someone stop at this level. Like, you don't go to somebody's door for their birthday and be like, happy birthday. You know, this, that's not it either. As a matter of fact, it's not till you go to the store where I get my balloons from. I don't know where you get your balloons from. The balloon factory, the balloon tree. I go to the store, and when I went to the store, here's what I noticed. I noticed that these people working with the balloons fill up the balloons way past what I feel the maximum capacity should be. Like, I'm standing there, and I back up, and I cringe a little bit, and I plug my ears a little bit. 
But here's what I realized. The people working with the balloons know the potential of the balloons, and they will blow the balloons up past what I feel the maximum capacity ought to be. And then they turn around, and they grab me a cluster of balloons. They give them to me, which I, in turn, turn around and give to somebody else. I've never, given, I've never gone to the store and bought balloons for me. <laughs> Sir, who are these balloons for? Uh, me. And then some balloons even have a message on them. They say, happy birthday. I love you. You're the best. Here's what I say. I see God doing. I feel everybody, by way of illustration, God wants to this year in 2018 expand your life. He wants to fill you with his love, fill you with his Holy Spirit, put his message on the depths of your soul, and now take that as a gift to those who are hurting and broken and say to them, listen, God still has a plan for your life. Your life isn't over yet. I know you feel empty, but God wants to fill you with his grace, his forgiveness, and his love. Come on. Is there anybody in the room that's grateful that God still loves people? But none of that can happen if God doesn't first expand us. He's got to expand our heart, expand our life. And if you've ever seen a bouquet of balloons, the first day, it's happy. It's expanded. What happens two days later? It is a collapsed mess on the floor. Like this was once, what? Now it's, <laughs> Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, Paul says this. He says, listen, don't be drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. That's a big Bible word. Like, what does that mean? It's, it's like a lot of bad stuff. And we don't even use that word today. Like, hey, how you feeling? Man, I just feel like a debauchery. <laughs> what do y'all get into? A little debauchery, but we don't even talk like that. He says there's a lot of stuff that you try to fill your life with. It's going to leave you empty. Here's the alternative. Be filled with the Spirit of God. Now, that word filled in the Greek, because the New Testament is written in Greek, is not the word filled like one time. It is filling Constant filling. He's saying to you that God doesn't want to just come and shh your life. God comes in and shh. You go to your job and God's still filling you. You go to school, God's still filling you. You go to Highway 4, you need God to fill you. Like everywhere you go, it's to be a filling, not to a one-time deal. God wants to be in your life to continue to give you everything you need to expand your heart for what's coming. My daughters, my daughters, when they were young, like four, five, and six years old, we had a jumper in the backyard, a door jumper. And the, the generator, that's supposed to be constant. Like you can't fill a, a jumper up like it's a, and it has to be constant generator flow of air. They're jumping, wow, what's that? It's so fun, daddy, you're the best. And I'm like, I know. And then, and then all of a sudden, the generator stopped for some reason, and the thing starts, the bouncy house starts to collapse on top of them. Okay, listen, I'm a grown man, but for a four-year-old, that's scary. Like, doors just like, ah, falling on top of my babies, and I'm like racing in there trying to get them out. They're screaming. But what do we do? We click the generator back on, and immediately, shush, and doors, a party girl again. For some of you, last year was this. And I'm telling you, let the Spirit of God come back into your life and everything will come back. I'm telling you, let Him fill your life because everything else in the world would be empty without Him. God wants to do something in you. He wants to do something through you. And it's constantly where we say, God, fill us up, fill us up, fill us up. Okay, write this down. Write this down in your notes if you're a note taker. That you can expand more than you think you can. You can expand more than you think you can. You know, a lot of us are like, ooh, I'm overwhelmed right now. i got a lot going on. Just, I don't know if I can do this. I have time right now. You can grow more than you think you can. You can grow in your ability, in your personal leadership. You can grow in your marriage, in your family, in your relationship with God. You can grow in your ability to grow teams and build teams. You can grow. You can expand. Oftentimes, we get to the point where we feel like, I'm going to pop. I got too much going on. I'm going to pop. I feel like God likes to get us there because then we're dependent on him and it's not us. But we're not turn, turn around thinking to ourselves like, hey, I got this, God. Put our thumbs under our suspenders and be like, boom, I'm the man. Listen, I'm not the man. God's the man, and we need the man to reach more people. Come on. Can I hear an amen? So he gets you to a place where it's uncomfortable, but you can grow even beyond that. Here's a great verse, 2 Corinthians 10, 14. 
This is Paul writing. Who used to hate Christians, imprison Christians, then became a Christian, and he would go on to expand the, the church of the early church more than anybody else. He was the greatest missionary this world's ever known. And he would be beaten and whipped and, and thrown in jail just for preaching Jesus. This guy writes, for we are not overextending ourselves. I know what a lot of us are feeling. These are tough days. But I just want to remind you, we're not overextending ourselves as though we did not reach out for you. For we were the first ones to come all the way to you with the gospel or the message of Jesus Christ. Listen, he says we reach people. We reach people. In order for us to reach people, we have to reach out. It's called outreach for a reason. And these cities will not be reached unless we reach them. Our schools will not be reached unless we reach them with God's love. Our jobs will not be reached unless we reach them with God's love. At some point, we've got to understand the urgency of the hour to say, I'm going to grab some invite cards on the way out, and I'm going to invite some people, but not just be an inviter. I want to be a bringer. I want to bring people in so they can experience the same hope and the same healing that I receive, and we understand there's an urgency of the hour to expand ourselves, and we're not overextending ourselves. Listen, the next verse, 2 Corinthians 4, 8 says this. Same guy. He's like, listen, we're hard-pressed on every side. It's not just one side. It's coming at us from all sides. But with God on our side, we are not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but we are not destroyed. We're always carrying around our body, the, the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may be also revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death, meaning we died to our old life, died to our old desires. We died to that so that other people could live. So the other people can hear the message of Jesus. Verse 12, so then the death in our life, it may be death to our old life, but it's life to somebody else. Okay, listen, we're not overwhelmed. We're not overstretched. We're not going to pop. God knows your potential, and he's going to expand you so that you can extend your reach. Come on, clap your hands and say a good amen. The next verse goes on and says, verse 16, therefore do not lose heart. Though outwardly we feel like we're wasting away, yet inwardly God's doing something on, on the inside, being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes on him, not on what is seen, because that's temporary, but what's unseen, because that's eternal. God's doing something inside of you, ladies and gentlemen, and he's getting you ready. When my daughters are young, I sat there and I expanded them. I, I knew they were going to grow, but I knew what they needed to grow. And when I fed them, I didn't just throw some Cheerios on the ground like, eat. <laughs> I sat them in a seat. And I sat down and I played the choo-choo train with a spoon. Because as a father, I need to make sure that they're getting the nutrients that they need to grow. And sometimes I would give them some stuff that they didn't like. And they said, I don't, I don't like it, Daddy. I don't like, I don't like the trees. I don't like the, talk broccoli trees. I don't like the trees, Daddy. And I said, listen, I know you don't like it, but I need you to eat this because this is what's necessary for you to grow to the next level. Listen, our God is a great Father. He's not just throwing purpose at you. He sits down with you, and he spoons feeds you for a while and says, listen, I need you to grow. I know that's not pleasant. I know you're walking through some difficulty. I know you're stretching. I know you're stretching in your personality. I know stretching in your relationships, but I need you to get this because what I have for you is going to be amazing. He's growing you. He's maturing you. He's getting you ready for something you can't handle right now. He's a good father that way. You can expand more than you think you can. Number two, write this down. You can't rely on yesterday's inflation. I'll explain. Some people get so excited, they get so pumped for God, for church, maybe at a conference. They're like, what? Conference, what? Maybe they come over to a camp, they get excited. Maybe they look at the 10 services we had a couple, about a month ago and had 10,000 people come to church for Christmas. We get all excited about that stuff. But 2017 was the biggest year for this church ever. Like the church grew so fast. And we're reaching so many people with the love of God. So even though last year was unprecedented, listen to me, I'm already beginning to forget it because I don't want to focus on what's behind. I'm reaching for what's ahead. Let me say it another way. 2017 was amazing, but we can't live there. It was amazing, but we can't camp there. As a matter of fact, that's yesterday's manna. 
In, God, in the Old Testament, God's people were fed by manna, manna, bread from the sky, wonder bread. And it came down, and it fed them in the desert. And, and God, he said this, take enough for the day, and I'll give you more tomorrow. And the Bible says that when they took too much for that day, it spoiled. But every morning, God is faithful, faithful, faithful to provide what they needed. Listen, every single day, you need God inside of you. What happens is, we get up, we reach for our phone, we check Instagram, we check Facebook, we go to breakfast, and meanwhile, we, we're in the car, in traffic, we go to work, we come home, and we, ne- we forget to stop and take a hit. <laughs> we forget <laughs> to stop and pray. We forget to say, God, you're first in our life. We forget to say, God, before anything else, I want you at the center of my life. We forget to stop and pause and say, God, I can't go another day. As busy as I am, I need more refreshment. I need more of your Holy Spirit. I need more of your grace. Come on. Through his word and through prayer and through small groups, all these things. Listen, Paul said this. I haven't mastered all this stuff. Like, I'm, I'm not saying I've arrived, but one thing I've become an expert at, and that is forgetting what's behind and pressing forward, reaching forward to what lies ahead. Because just like air leaks in a balloon, vision leaks too. You ever get pumped up for something before? Super excited. Oh, let's join the gym. Let's join the gym. Gym, gym, gym. And then a week, January 14th, that was it. That was my last day. That was the last day. God bless you, Jim. I'll keep paying you just to keep you. I want to add, it's, it's nice to know that you're there, you know, but we don't go. Or, like, I want to eat healthy. We eat healthy, man. Fruits and vegetables. That's what I'm doing 2018. What? 2018. Then you go to your first party. Who wants cake? Me. <laughs> Two pieces. So those are small. Those are small ones. Like, I want to read my Bible this year, or I want to get more involved this year, or give, or pray, or serve, or whatever. We come so pumped up for a minute, and then it dissipates because we don't keep the vision coming. Vision leaks, ladies and gentlemen. And we, we, we look at somebody who gets excited for God. We call that being on fire for God. And then after a while, it's like, where'd, where'd they go? You can't depend on them. can't lean on them. And, and you hand them a stake, you hand them a rope, you're like, hey, guys, let's expand. Like, let's grow. Let's reach some more people. And they hold the stake. They're like, what do you want me to do with this? <laughs> the stake is dirty. It's interesting because there are some people who are comfortable watching other people pull. There are some people who are comfortable watching other people expand and to serve, and watching other people pray, and fast, and give. And then when the tent is up, they slide in and say, guys, we did it. (laughs) Wanting to receive all of the benefits, but not wanting to do any of the pulling. Come on, God has given us all the rope. He's given us all the stake. And we're going to grow, we're going to expand ourselves, and we're going to find more people that need to hear about the love of God. Amen, somebody? Because our hearts, man, they can't can't be too hard where when God puts something in you, you're like, you you won't let it in. But it can't be too soft either that it can't hold the expansion. Like God wants to do something in you, place something in you. Now, there's some people who don't want to grow. I get that. I don't get it, but I understand. And I don't, there's some people that I'm preaching this message to, and you're like, what? Let's grow. Let's do it with you, Sean. It's like, it's like that movie with Mel Gibson. Roar. What is that movie? Braveheart. It's Braveheart. And then there are other people who hear this message and just like, eh. It's another sermon. We need to hurry to meet the, the lunch rush, honey. I mean, it's just like sometimes we don't get the growth that God wants to be. When God wants to deposit something in our hearts, I want it to be like Goldilocks. I don't want to be, my heart to be too hard. I don't want it to be too soft. I want it to be just right. I'm praying for good soil for when God drives a stake in the ground, it sticks. Number three, maximize your potential. Maximize your potential. This is a big one, everybody. It's a big word. 
And a lot of people don't know their potential. And I want to say to you, do you not realize what God has placed inside of you? The potential in this room, listening online and in this church, is astounding. But many people don't know it. And as our church, we, if you let us pass to you, our goal is to reach down into the depths of your soul and mine out the gold. Because God has placed gifts inside of you, talents inside of you, dreams inside of you. And for some people, 87% of the body of Christ, meaning people who go to church, they have no idea why they're even here on the planet. So we want to help you. Because Ephesians 2.10 says this, that we're God's handiwork. That God created you. We're his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, watch this, to do something. Not just to sit, not just to come to church. Oh, I love you, Jesus. That's not, that's not fulfilling purpose. We want to give God praise, but he looks around at us and he says, listen, I got something for you to do. If you love me, feed my sheep. Peter comes along, he's like, yes, Lord, you know I love you. And God's like, I, I'm not taking your word for it. If you really love me, show me that you love me by getting involved in the needs and nurture of people. But did you notice the word advance? Like God's never created somebody and then said, oh, 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 uh, Gabriel, come here. What are you going to do with him? Like she was an oopsie baby, you know. <laughs> Got to find some purpose for that. No, there was purpose in advance. God created you for that. Now, here's my prayer, that you let us help you find that and don't spend your whole life working on that. Because God didn't want you to spend your whole life looking for purpose. He had hoped that at some point uh, you found it so you could spend at least a part of your life uh, doing it. Maximize your potential. Before God expands our church, he has to expand us. Now listen, what God is doing here is amazing. It's a miracle. And I believe that God wants us to expand into another city to have an extension site, another campus of Fellowship Church. But before campus, he has to first expand us. What does God want to do in you? Because God always prepares a people before a place. Listen, when, when the children of Israel were walking around the desert, he had the place. He's like, guys, I got the promised land. They wandered for 40 years in the desert while God was trying to work on the people. He's like, the place is not the problem. I need you to understand purpose as a people. I need you to get purpose first, and then I have a place for you. And how many think, and some people might think, man, this church is too big. Like, it's, it's big enough. Isn't this church big enough? You don't understand the heart of God. The question is not, is this church big enough? The question is, who's still missing? Who still is broken? Who still needs some healing? Who, who needs to be loved? We're willing to go, and we want to be the first. And before this building, I was, I was begging God for a building. We were in a community center, 13 years, setting up, tearing down, setting up, tearing down at a community center. And we had two services, two services. And I remember praying, like begging God, God, please, can we have a building to, for the church? Come on, I see other pastors and churches getting buildings. Can I get one? You know, and I'll never forget the Lord say this. We had two services at the time. I felt the Lord say in my heart, he says, why would I give you your own building when you're not maximizing the one you're currently in? Yeah, yeah, that, that's about what I said. <laughs> that's where you're just like, uh, yeah. well, I was asking because my wife wanted to know. <laughs> I mean, I, got, I knew that, but. So I said to God, we'll, we'll keep adding services as long as people keep showing up. And we went from two to three, three to four, four to five services. And that's when God opened up the door for this building. We came in here, three services, now four, now five. Look around. Look, look around and you don't see a lot of empty seats. It seats a thousand people. And every seat represents somebody. It has a name. It has a family. As a soul that God is passionately in love with. And as a church, we love what he loves. And the only thing that Jesus ever built was people. He didn't take some money out of the treasury and like, hey, let's go build a library, put my name on it, Judas, so people remember me. He said, I'm going to build people. I will build my church, and even the gates of Hades will not be able to prevail against it. Everybody, I believe he wants to expand us. But before he expands the church, he's going to expand our hearts. What does God want to expand in you? Maybe it's your thinking. 
Maybe he wants to grow your capacity. Maybe he wants your habits or your lifestyle or your vision for life or your dreams. Maybe he wants to expand your character or your obedience to his word. Or maybe it's your organizational skills or your leadership to lead people or your capacity or your giftings or your personality or your encouragement to somebody else or your willingness to be all in. What is it that God wants to expand in your life? Because what does he want to do? We have to identify that because we don't want to have a big old tent with loose pegs on the ground. Like you don't want to walk into a tent with loose pegs. The ones people want to walk into, it's where the the pegs are in the ground sturdy, the ropes are tight, it is secure. Why? Because God wants to get you up to code. There's a certain level of confidence with expansion when we expand with the heart of God. Number three, I feel like God wants to do more through us. And I would encourage you to take the next step. Take the next step. What is the next step for you? The Bible says, Psalm 37, the psalmist writes this, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, meaning he has a purpose. He has a plan. There's a, there's a pathway that God wants you to walk in. Now watch this. Everybody say order. God has an order, and I'm just encouraging you, find that order. So if you're out of step with God, find, what is the next step? At our church, we have four. We have four steps. We don't do a lot around here. We're not a, like a... A hometown buffet, we're a Ruth's Chris, everybody. I mean, we're, we're not going to give you little pizza bites and little hot dog weenies and like pee-woo enchiladas over here. We do, we do a few things very, very well, and that is we want to help you on your journey, and we want you to know God personally. So Sundays, that's how we get people to know God. We introduce you to God because I need you not to just be around the tank. I need you to be filled with what's in the tank. Not just be around God. I need you to know him for yourself. Have a personal relationship with God. Number two, we want you to find freedom. A lot of people are stuck here, but how we do this is our small groups. We meet, and they'll start February the 4th. It's not Super Bowl Sunday. It's Small Group Sunday, and we'll launch a couple hundred small groups that you can join all over the city. Their basketball, their Bible study, their coffee shop, their dog walking, their scrapbook, whatever is in your interest. Jump in one, and many of you should lead one because God wants to expand you to reach more people. You can fill this card out, put it in the, in the back, back or the basket as it comes around today. And we'll give you some training. We'll give you a coach. We'll help you because we believe in you. But that's where people find freedom. Listen, you don't get pastored on a Sunday. You get pastored through small groups. You get pumped up on a Sunday. But you need, you need to walk with some people. James 5, 16 says, confess your faults one to another and you can be healed. There's a healing that takes place through relationship. Number three, don't stop at two. A lot of people stop at two. Like, hey, I'm just working on me. Don't expect anything great out of me. And that's how they live their entire life. Like at some point, God is waiting for you to like, okay, let's get past me and get to the next stage of discovering your purpose. And that's our growth track. We have four classes, four weeks, and it reoccurs every month, every single month. Step one is on the first Sunday. Step two is on the second Sunday. Step three is on the, you're super smart. Fourth step is on the fourth Sunday. You can jump in in step one, two, or three, and we want to help discover your purpose. Give the church a year of your life. I guarantee you your life will be better. Apply the principles we give you on a Sunday. Dream team, growth track, small groups, your life will be better. Not because we're super smart. God's word works. Number four, even sociologists would say this is the ultimate for, for people's lives. That is to make a difference. Everybody wants to make a difference. But when you make a difference for eternity. So how do we do that? We have a dream team at our church. It's everybody who serves here. Sundays and small groups and outreach and everybody there. Man, they have come alive. And I believe with all my heart, God wants to expand you. Proverbs eleven twenty five says this. A generous man will prosper. Great. What's the next part? He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. We don't have to fight for our own refreshment. God says, listen, refresh somebody else. I will personally guarantee your refreshment, God says. So your expansion, watch this, is for others. We're not expanding just to be like, look at my tent. My tent is amazing. Let's do a little, little like reality TV show, like Cribs, and just show you my tent. The tent is to house more people, to reach more people. Everything God does in you is to do through you. Lastly, number five, write this down. Make it all about Jesus. Make it all about him. Matthew 6, says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then, then 
All this other stuff in life, it falls in place, but not until then. Because he's the one who causes that. Let me read you the, the verse. We started with Isaiah 54, 2 and 3, talking about extend the tent, and God wants, you're going to go left and right, inhabit cities and all this stuff. The next verse, verse 4, says this. Look on your notes. It says, do not be afraid. Why would he say that? Because expansion is scary. Getting out of your comfort zone sometimes is scary. He says, don't be afraid, for you won't be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated, and you will forget the shame of your youth. All the mistakes of yesterday, God's going to wipe clean. And he says, you will, you're not going to remember the approach from yesterday either. Okay, listen. Only, the only way to do that is Jesus. The only way to deal with your yesterday is Jesus. He offers forgiveness. He offers grace. He offers mercy. And remember, everybody, Ephesians 3.20 says, Not to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or think or imagine according to the power of God that works in us. It's not, just, it's not just God sitting there as the tank ready to fill our life. It's us coming close to him, him filling our life, expanding our hearts, expanding our reach and influence so that we could reach more people with the love of God. On your way out today, the ushers will give you a rubber band if you want one to put it around your wrist to remind you every time you look at it this week to pray, God, expand me. Expand the church, expand our influence, extend our reach. Extend our reach. Amen, everybody. I believe that this year can be the best year of your life if it's the best year spiritually. Let us make this year a year of expansion. If you believe that, come on, let's give the Lord a hand. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed all over the room, maybe you're here today and maybe you would say, my life isn't really right with God. Or I hope it's right, I'm not sure. I'm a good person, but I don't know God. Listen, I want to introduce you to God. And I would imagine that it's probably pretty important to have a moment in time where you literally tell him, Lord, I'm yours. Jesus died for you. He rose for you to raise you to new life. He wants to forgive sin and give you a fresh start. And if you're here today and you say, Sean, that's me. I need a, I need a fresh start. I need, I need to put God at the center of my life. I want to accept Jesus as my Savior. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. And I'm not going to call you to the front. I'm going to embarrass you. That's not, never our heart. But I do want God to fill your life with his love. If that's you, come on all of this room. On the count of three, one, two, three. Lift it up right where you are. Yes, 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 Thank you for loving me right where I am. Forgive me from my sin. Wash me clean. I'm all yours. Be my Lord and Savior. Expand my reach to reach others with your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's clap our hands for everybody who prayed that prayer. Great job. Such a simple prayer, but if you meant that in your heart, I'd like you to do th something. As the ushers get prepared, we're going to give you an opportunity to worship the Lord with our giving if you came prepared for that. But let's all take the connection card out in the seat in front of you. It says hello on it. If you're on the front row or the back row, it's under your chair. Come on. I'll wait for just a second. Everybody take it out every week, even members and guests alike, if you wouldn't mind doing that. If you're a guest, we're really grateful you're here. Don't miss next week. And um, fill out as much information as you're comfortable with. If you're a person that prayed that prayer, please don't leave without checking the box as soon as you open it up, on the left side bottom, it says, I'm giving my life to Christ. I'm renewing my commitment to God. And that lets us know how, how good of a job, you know, we're doing. We want to help you and take you on that journey. And we would just recommend you take those next steps. Join the church February 4th. And cut through the growth track, dream team, small groups. Let us pass to you that way to take you on a journey of a lifetime. As we give today, thanks for your generosity. You guys are amazing, absolutely amazing. Part of what we give every month, when you give, you don't just give to a church, you give through a church. And today, because of your generosity, we're helping to launch, get this, 15 churches in America today. Here's a list of them on the stream. 
This is a bunch of churches that are giving. This represents 15 couples, 15 families, 15 new cities where they're starting church right now today. I can't wait to get some text messages. And they're so grateful. that you, We believe in that cause so much. We believe in expansion so much. Not just us, but the world with the love of God. Amen, everybody. As we give today, there's three ways you can do that. You can give online or text it in. You can give as the basket comes around in a second. You can also place your connection card in the basket when it comes around. But thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. Let's go. Let's expand. Lord, I love you, and I thank you for this gift now. Uh, give us wisdom on how to expand and reach more people. We thank you for a great message. Let this year be a year of expansion. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you as you give as the basket comes around. Let me get you, draw your attention to just a couple things. Again, you, if you haven't filled this out yet and you want to, fill it out and take it and you can put it in the offering boxes on the walls. When you leave, you can find a table out there in the lobby. But today is the last day to sign up to lead a small group. And we'll coach you. We'll, there's a training today at 2.30. So if you want to leave and come back, uh, man, we'd love to train you on that. And then take these invite cards when you leave as well. And invite your friends like crazy. Let's see what God would do. And if you're like, it's a, if it's a little uncomfortable because there's so many people, uh, there are more seats in our first, our 1245 service, and our five o'clock. So if any of you want to think about considering going to that one uh, as well, make more seats available for guests who come to these second and third. I'd love you for that. If you need prayer for anything, our prayer team's under the screens. They'd love to pray with you. Maybe you're going through a difficult season. You just need somebody to pray two minutes with you and believe God to meet your need. We are that people. We believe God meets needs and answers prayers. Amen, everybody? All right. I love you. You're dismissed. Have a great Sunday. We'll see you next week.